And so last week we talked about adding thankfulness and, and, and a spirit of thanksgiving to our daily life and, and, and to who we are, because that's the only thing that can, that can change us. And you imagine if, if the church would become, Perry's working right there, I got a bad roar echo here somewhere, Bubba. Uh, professors pastored a church in a town close to where he was going. And so on his way to that church, he stopped to see his old professor. And as they were having lunch, he asked his professor, he said, what are the people like where I'm going? And his professor said, well, what were the people like when you, when, where you left? He said, oh, they were negative. They were cheerless. <laughs> he said, no matter what we did, they were never thankful, they were ungrateful for everything, and they were never cooperative. So what can I expect? And his professor dropped his glasses to the end of his nose, said the same thing, I'm sorry. That's a sad state. That's a sad state that that's what people know about the church. I believe we can do better. I believe if we can change a few of these things, we start with complaining and then adding thankfulness that people will see a difference. Folks, let me tell you, your outcome will, your outlook will determine your outcome. Your outlook will determine your outcome. If you're just going to be negative and gloom and doom, despair and agony on me and deep, dark depression and excessive misery, and if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Well, guess what you're going to have in your life? You're always going to see it because we can always find something to be negative about. It's not hard. Turn the news on, then turn it back off. It's easy to find something to complain about. And so when we begin to look at, at, at things, I want us to look at another one. So today, we are going to look at Y'all ready? Now, you know, the first, the first message is a little rough. It'll get better next week, I promise. <laughs> Today, what we're going to look at, and I believe that will be a game changer for the body of Christ, is having a critical spirit. Five, four, you know, got to let those settle. This is one of the biggest things that the Lord taught me years ago. I don't do it right all the time. I wish I did, but I don't do it right all the time. But a critical spirit or a critical attitude is what the, what the world knows of the church most. I read a story one time, uh, was his name Philip Yancey? In a book, uh, What's So Amazing About Grace. He, he tells a story of a, of a young, he was doing some uh, work in Chicago and tells a story of a young prostitute that comes to him and begins to tell her, tell them that she can make more money by selling out her two-year-old than she could of anything else. And she told him this whole story of her rape and her molestation and how she's figured this out for them to really survive this. And he encouraged her, he said, well, why don't you find a good church to get involved in? If we can change this, we can turn this life around. She said, church, why would I go there? I already feel bad enough about myself. Folks, that's a sad indictment on the church. But you know what, that's what they know of us most, Rachel. 
Why in the world would I go to church? I already feel bad about myself. Why am I going to go where they're going to continue to lay this judgment and this criticizing and all this stuff on top of me? You see, when we walk in a critical spirit, it will always affect how you view and how we relate to other people. And God is more concerned about how you relate to people. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something the Holy Spirit said to me the other day. He, he likes to talk to me in the shower, Ted. You know, I, I don't know why, I guess because there's nothing else going on and I can focus. And he told me, he said, a complaint about your message Sunday will be this. So I'm gonna steal your complaint because God already knows what you're gonna complain about. If people really live the way you're gonna preach, then you can never address sin in their life, you can never point out their sin, and then how will they know? He said, now that's gonna be your complaint when you hear this message today. So before you go home, he already knows you're complaining about it. So you might as well just put that one out. Then the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, your job is not to point out people's sin. The church's job is not to point out people's sin. He said, point them to me and I'll take care of their sin. So in our heart of hearts, now this doesn't mean we don't have honest conversations. Come on. It doesn't mean we don't sit down and say, hey, look, but my job is to point them to Jesus. Our job is to reveal the glory of God to them because no healthy relationship is ever based on a critical spirit. No healthy, no healthy relationship. Remember, God puts grumbling and complaining into the same category. So we're gonna talk about being critical. What does the word critical mean? Critical means this. Critical is inclined to find fault. Now, if this is you, just keep looking straight ahead. Nobody will know you're being talked about today. If you're inclined to find fault with somebody, everybody, everything, something, something's wrong, always wrong, I'm always, I'm always going to find where, what, <laughs> critical is being inclined to find fault or to judge with severity. It is dwelling on the perceived faults of others. See, we get to the point where we just dwell on somebody's faults. We dwell on what's wrong with them and how they're living wrong and what they're doing wrong rather than how do I impart and infuse Jesus into their life and into every situation that they're going through so that he can bring about a positive change and turn their life around. But if I'm always, it's, a, it's like saying, hey dummy, you're in the road. Hey dummy, you're in the road. Hey dummy, you're in the road. There's a car coming. Rather, wouldn't it be better if I walk out there and say, hey, come over here. I got something good to show you. But what we want to do, we want to stand on the outskirts of their life because we're afraid that their muck and their mire may get on me somehow. When the Word tells us that Jesus ate with publicans, sinners, and prostitutes. Jesus didn't. 
Everybody okay? Critical is being inclined to find fault. It is dwelling on the perceived faults of others without any regard to their good points. I heard someone judge another church one time, not, not this church, but I heard somebody judge another church because somebody had a prophetic word and it had goodness in it towards someone who was actually a practicing witch. There's no way God would have anything good to say about them. What does the word tells us that draws people to repentance? The goodness of God. Not the wrath of God. If we're just wanting people to come to Jesus just as a get out of hell free card, you know that probably won't stick. Because once the immediate danger's over, but when we show them there's a different life, and we show them where real joy is, and we show them where real peace is, and we show them where real strength is, and we show them where real community is, and we show them where real love is, that's the place they'll want to stay. We have painted Jesus and God with a terrible brush. Okay, y'all all right? This will rub the cats further on way because it's totally opposite of everything we've been taught about evangelism. And so this other church was judging this other church because they gave a word that had good in it. Well, guess what? Guess what church that practicing witch went back to? Yeah. It wasn't the one who kept judging them. It was the one who said, wait, God sees something good in me? Well, nobody's ever told me that before. So a month later, guess who was still coming? Two months later, guess whose life was completely transformed by the love of a God. You see, when the church will begin to get away from a critical spirit and will begin to make the declaration that God is love. He's not trying to love. He don't have to work himself up to love you. He loves you just because it's his nature. That's all he can do. It will begin to draw people to this. Oh. Inclined to find fault. Well, I don't know. I'm the least judgmental person I know. (laughs) But I would have never done that. Reminds me of a joke I won't tell right now. Let's look at the children of Israel as an example of what not to do. Go to Numbers chapter 12. (laughs) Well, you know, but I saw Jody over here and she was doing this and she was doing, and let me tell you something, Missy. You know, I love her, I really do, I love her, but man, I mean, you know how bad she is? Let me tell you how wrong she is, you know what she's doing? So now, all of a sudden, my critical spirit has now jumped onto her. And now she becomes critical. Numbers chapter 12, verse one. And while they were at Hazroth, Miriam and Aaron did what? Criticized Moses. Now. In the key, this is the New Living Translation, but in the King James Version, it starts out, and Miriam, and, and, and you say, well, what's the point of that? Well, the point of that is because that word and means that Miriam started it first. 
in the original language and the way the sentence structure was, Miriam started criticizing Moses and then Aaron jumped on the boat. I'm not going to go there yet. Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite, a Cushite woman and, and, and they said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them and now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on the earth. Back to verse 1. Marion and Moses, Aaron began to criticize Moses. They were upset. They began to let their critical spirit out because he had married a woman outside of his race. But that really wasn't why they were criticizing. That was just the thing they decided to focus on. Why they were criticizing is really found in verse 2, but we won't look at it yet. They were, they were upset because he had married this woman. And, and we may sit back today and, and we think, well, that's terrible. I would never criticize for somebody for marrying outside their race. Well, I hope you wouldn't. Because you might see something in this. <laughs> but let's go back. Maybe we know somebody that maybe it wasn't about race. Maybe we just know somebody that they're living in a way that you don't think they should live and maybe it is against God. But you, what's a critical spirit going to do? Anybody ever here ever been criticized? I'm glad one of you has been. Let me ask you this. Did you go and hang out? Was the person who was always critical of you did you really want to spend that much time with them? No, you avoided them like a plague. Why do you think people avoid the church? Listen, my future son-in-law sitting here, been talking to a lady this past week, and the reason that her and her family won't go to church and haven't been to church is because they wanted to find some place where people weren't so critical of them and who they are and what they've been and where they've been through and all the stuff they've been through in their life. Thank God he's able to say, well, you can come on up to our church. You won't find that there. Amen. But imagine if this was just our whole culture. Imagine if this was just who we are. And, and, and so we ask ourselves, well, I just don't know why they're doing that. Don't know why they're trying to live that way. And so it becomes part of our conversation. And we might not say it out loud, Shirley, but we say it in these hushed, whispered tones. Let me tell you about, did you hear? You didn't hear this from me. We've all been a part of it. We've all had this either happen to us, and let's just face it, we've all done it. But imagine if the church would take that out of their life. And we try to get to the point where our judgmental attitude, I can't believe, quit being shocked at what people do. I can't believe it. People are going to, they're going to fall. They're going to make mistakes. People are going to sin. It's just going to happen. more offended about people's sin than God is. Try that over here. The church is more offended 
about people sinning God. God doesn't run. Oh, oh. God wants to change that person. You can't change that person if you're pushing them out. You're pushing them away. So Miriam and, and, and Aaron, they're not just two people. They're his brother and sister. Isn't it funny that the people that you're closest to are the ones that's most critical of you? Church family, you fall into that because we're pretty close here. So I want you to examine yourself real quick. How do we talk about our family and friends or church family or how do we let them know and what's our attitude when they're doing something that we think is completely wrong? Oh, I would never say it to their face, but man, you let me get on Facebook and say, I know somebody. Let me call up so-and-so and say, let me tell you about this. If that's you, you're critical. Or, 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 or how many times do we get to the point of even, let's, let's just take it into the church world. Well, I don't agree with what they're doing in that church. I don't agree with the way the leaders lead, and I don't agree with the way the pastor preaches, and I don't agree. Critical. It gets bad, folks. <laughs> folks, let me tell you something. You're always going to be critical of those you're closest to. I'm never going to be critical of Missy. You know why? She's not my wife. Who, I, who you'll be more critical of is the person closer. I'd be critical of my, life, my wife. I'm not going to be critical so much of your kids. I'll be critical of my own. I'm not going to be critical of the church across the road. I'll be more critical of here. Why? Because we always find ourselves critical of the ones we're the closest to because the ones that's closest to us seem to be the ones that are always critical of us. Folks, it is time that we as a body, I don't care what the rest of the world does, but for Harvest Christian Fellowship, that we come to the point where we're just going to quit being critical. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5 from the message. <laughs> Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5 from the message. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults. This is Jesus talking, by the way. That's why I love the way the message breaks it down. Don't pick on people, jump on their faults, criticize, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. A criti that critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. In other words, somebody, remember I told you several years ago, well, not several years ago, I told you uh, several times through the years I've been here, and you will hear it several more times. That's why you'll not very rarely hear me ever say a person is a heretic. You know why? Because Perry, they're saying it about me right now. They're saying it about you just for being in this church. Not me. Go to another denomination that don't believe like we believe and ask them how they really feel. <laughs> well, I'm not a heretic. They probably aren't either. I'm not saying their theology is correct. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I'm telling you, you better be very careful because that kind of attitude has a way of boomeranging. 
you know, a boomerang, you throw it out there, it comes back. And if you don't catch that thing, it'll knock you in the head. (laughs) Verse three, it's easy to see the smudge on your neighbor's face, but oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? You need to fix your life. (laughs) It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality over again, playing the holier than thou part instead of just living your part. He says, don't play the holier than thou, just live your part. Live out your life. Well, I would never do that. Okay, then don't do it. But they did. You do realize what might be, and I'm not talking about the definite things that the word calls out sin. Okay? You realize what might be wrong for you may not be wrong for everybody else. And if they're not condemned by it, There was a scripture, and I don't know if I'm going to get to it today or not, but there is a scripture that says, Paul says, I have been persuaded by God that everything in and of itself is not unholy. It becomes unholy to the one who thinks it is. (laughs) Now, there are definite things in the word that God says are sin, but what's wrong for you may not be wrong for everybody else. Your job is to live your part. Everybody good, right? We're still good. All right, good. He says, wipe that ugly sneer off your own face. You might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. So I want to look at real quickly the dangers of a critical spirit. Yes, there are dangers to having a critical spirit. Back to Numbers chapter 1. Number 12, sorry, Reese. Or Bobby. Whoever's back there. Both of you back there. I don't know. Numbers chapter 12. Verse 1, and while they were at Hazareth, Aaron, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. And like I said, if we look into the original language of that, it says that Miriam started at first and then Aaron come along. The first danger about a critical spirit is it's contagious. The moment I decide I'm going to become critical of Shirley and then I'm going to talk to Larry about it. All of a sudden, I transfer this spirit to Larry. And now, I've not only endangered and, 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 and messed up and contaminated my life, but now I'm responsible because I've contaminated Larry's. Oh, my. How many people have you complained and been critical of with somebody else? And they're like, hmm, you know, I never thought about that before. They're really doing that? I would have never known. Well, now you know, so you can be critical with me. And so what happens is I contaminate someone else's life. And when I begin to contaminate someone else's life, then when it come time that we stand before God, then I have to give account for what I did to Larry. We don't like to think about that, do we? So when we look at this, Miriam started it. Now remember, the children of Israel are an example of what not to do. And so we see by verse two that they chimed in. And, and, and so this spirit had begun to work. You see it in a, in, in a job all the time. I come in, I'm critical of my boss. Well, 
newbie over here, they don't have a clue what's going on. Oh, you're starting today? Let me tell you. This is the person you're working for. And so I begin to tell them everything that I think is wrong with my boss. Oh, you're marrying into this family? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what you're in for. Folks, let me tell you something. The day I became ordained, back in the early years ago, I think I'm in my 32nd year, so, you know, do the math. The day I became ordained, I sat down and a pastor came to me and sat down beside of me, said, so you're going to get, so you're getting ordained today, huh? Yeah. Well, let me tell you what you're in for. And he began to bash churches. So, and I'm like, why don't you just leave? If you're so unhappy, man, bail. Jump ship, go, do something. But what did he do? He immediately tried to contaminate my mentality about the church as a whole. And that's what happens when we're critical. It happens in churches, it happens at jobs, it happens in family. And folks, it only takes one or two. It takes one or two. And I could be the best person and be on guard and I'm trying never to be critical and then all of a sudden, Alice comes to me and she's critical and she's in a bad mood that day and she starts criticizing and I'm like, yeah, me too. And now all of a sudden, I'm contaminated. See, when we get down here into verse 11, 10, 11, 12, 8, around there, you're going to start seeing something of how bad this contamination of a critical spirit actually is. And so what happens, folks, is we will battle. I'm talking about Miriam was a godly lady. She was known as a prophet in the community. She was the one. She, this, this lady who's criticizing Moses is the one who put Moses in the basket and sent him down the river. This is the same lady who went to Pharaoh's daughter and said, I know a, mother, a nurse mother who could take care of and brought him back home. This is a woman who led the praise after they came across the river and the waters parted and they came. She led the worship. This is a godly, so even the best godly person can be critical. Hmm. This is who we are. And yet we see her struggling as many of us do often with a critical spirit. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 from the Passion Translation. And never let ugly... See, the Western church has twisted this verse. King James says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth and we're worried about people cussing. This, this verse ain't even talking about you cussing. We all know what you say when you stub your toe in the middle of the night. Anyhow, don't lie. But the passion translates it closer here. Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Remember, our grandparents tried to teach us this when we were little. If you ain't got nothing good to say, see, you know this. 
So why don't we do this? Because we think God doesn't care. Okay. Let, never let ugly or hateful words come out of your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking grace to help them. And the Holy Spirit has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Holy Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influences on your lives. And here's where the Pentecostals, Charismatic, and all of us crazies have this verse mixed up. We think everybody who don't believe all the gifts like we do and and don't say, well, they're just grieving the Holy Ghost. And the word says right there, you never grieve the Holy Ghost. He wrote, don't grieve the Holy Ghost in context of how you speak to other people. I love all the gifts of the Spirit, but that's not what grieves him whether I do them or whether I don't. What grieves him is how I discuss other people, how I talk to other people, the words that I use to other people, if I'm critical to other people. And when I do, well, I just want to please the Lord. Then sometimes we not need to just shut up. Yeah, but when the Spirit's on me, I'm going to dance. I'm not going to grieve. He wasn't talking about whether you danced, fell out, shandot, or anything else about grieving the Holy Spirit. What grieves the Holy Spirit is whether that communication comes out of our mouth is bringing grace to the hearer or it's bringing them down. That's what's grieving the Holy Spirit. I just want to please the Lord. Shut up. Verse 31. Verse 31, lay aside, see that grieving the Holy Spirit is sandwiched between these two verses that talks about your communication. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, just letting that settle. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. So the first danger of a critical spirit is it spreads. The second danger of a critical spirit is it's usually, not only does it spread, but it's usually a cover-up. You're usually covering up. Being critical of somebody else is usually me covering up about my own insecurities, about my own shortcomings. And so if I can take the spotlight off me, and you see this off me and put it on Tyler, So let's all be critical of Tyler and that way nobody's over here looking at this dirty stuff I'm doing. This filthy stuff. This stuff is contaminating my life. It's usually a cover-up. Back to Numbers chapter 12 verse 2. Here's how we know what their real attitude was. And they said, has the Lord only spoken through Moses? Well, we're going to criticize him because he's married to this woman outside his race. But really, I want to tell you what's going on is I hear from God just as much as he does. What gave him the right? Well, God appeared to him on the side of a mountain in a burning bush and he didn't do you that way. Well, why are they in charge? Because that's the one God put there. Well, why are they leaders? Because there's the one that God put there. Uh, Okay, moving on. Has the Lord only spoken through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But look at verse two. But the Lord heard 
them. Don't ever think for one moment that God does not hear you being critical of another person. So what she would do, she would rather deal with what she thought was Moses' problem than her own, and it was the jealousy that she hears from God too. She's like, am I, what am I over here, chop liver? I've got a voice, I've got a word, I've got something to say. And she felt she deserved more than she was getting. It's easy to be critical when we feel like we deserve more than what we've got. It's easy to have a critical spirit toward my boss if I'm always thinking I got passed over for the job. I could do it better. It's easy to be critical of my spouse when I don't know what role they're actually playing. Critical spirits is usually to hide my own insecurities. It's to hide the things that I'm doing. Go to Romans chapter, I think we're going to chapter two. Yeah, Romans chapter two, verse one through four from the, me, or from the message. Said these people are on a dark downward spiral. But if you think that leaves you on the high ground, where you can point a, thing, a finger at others, look what he says, think again. God heard Aaron and Miriam's critical, criticizing. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. Mm. Hang on to that one for, put that in your pocket and take it home. Every time you criticize someone else, you condemn yourself. It takes one to know one. Judgmental criticism of others is a well-known way of escaping detection in your own crimes and misdemeanors. But God isn't so easily diverted. He sees right through all such smoke screens and holds you to what you've done. You didn't think, did you, that just by pointing your finger at others, you would distract God from seeing your own misdoings and from coming down on your heart. Or did you think that because he's such a nice God, he'd let you off the hook? Better this one, better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. Usually a critical spirit is a cover-up. Thirdly, a critical spirit is dangerous not just because it spreads, not just because it's a cover-up, but a critical spirit is dangerous because it doesn't sit well with God. Go to Numbers 12 again. Look at verse 4. So immediately the Lord called Moses and Aaron and Miriam and said, get out to the tabernacle, all three of you. So the three of them went to the tabernacle and the Lord descended in a pillar cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle and Aaron and Miriam, he called out and they stepped forward. And the Lord said to them, now listen up to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, He's the one I trust. I speak to him face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. Now look at verse 8. So why <laughs> were you not afraid to criticize 
Moses. He said, hey, look, he's the one I put there. I will deal with him face to face. Why are you not afraid? See, I think God needs to look at the church today as a whole and say, church, why are you not afraid to criticize my creation? Oh, my. Well, that's because I think. This ain't about what you think. Why are you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses. And look at verse nine, I'm telling you, a critical spirit does not sit well with God. You wanna please God, this is one of the big things to get out of your life. And the Lord was very angry with them and his spirit, he departed. Well, I just haven't felt God move on me in so long. What does your voice say? What's your conversation say? How critical have we become? See, God, them criticizing another man caused God to depart from them. And as, verse 10, and as the cloud moved from the tabernacle, there stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow from leprosy. Her critical spirit caused a natural effect in her life. It caught from God. God's presence left and there's an effect left on her. I wonder what a critical spirit does to me today. How does a critical spirit manifest in my life? What does it cause my blood pressure to do? What does it cause my nervous system to do? What does it cause my sleep to do? What does it, we see, we, we think that this critical is never gonna have an effect in our lives. It had an effect on her life in the form of leprosy. Why? Because God heard the critical. And Aaron saw what had happened to her in verse 11. He cried, Moses, oh my master, please don't punish us. Moses didn't punish them. It was God. It was a reaction from their critical spirit. He said, please don't punish us for the what? Say that one more time. What was the sin? Critical, criticizing, oh my. For the sin we have so foolishly committed, verse 12. I think I got it, yeah. Don't let her, don't let her be like a stillborn baby already decay at birth. And you'll see what a good person does in the next, if you read on down, Moses prayed, she was healed. But a critical spirit had an effect on her natural body. I'm going to leave you with, I think I'm going to leave you, yeah, with this last set of scriptures. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. What am I reading this out of? The Amplified. Why do you criticize and pass judgment on your brother? Would you have ever thought God really cared that much about being critical? And yet it's all through the word. Why do you criticize and pass judgment on your brother? Well, they're not my brother because they haven't come to church and they haven't done all this. Every life that is born is born of God. Whether they've awakened to the reality of salvation or not, they're still gods. 
he loves them as much as he ever loved you. So why do you criticize and be judgmental of your brother? Or why do you look down upon or despise your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God. See, God's going to judge. Yeah, he's going to judge your criticizing and your judgmentalism. This is, read in context. Come on. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God, acknowledge him as acknowledge him to his honor and to his praise. So each of us shall give an account of himself. Now what's he talking about? Context. Judging and criticizing how he started out this set of scriptures. Give an answer in reference to judgment to God. Let, now verse 13. Here's the sandwich to let you know what he's meaning in all this. To then let us not criticize one another anymore. But rather, determine this. All right, Harvest Christian Fellowship, here it goes. A, a, a change in us today, okay? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So let us not criticize one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block or a source of temptation in another person's way or another believer's way. Here's the new goal. We're going to quit complaining and we're going to be thankful. People hear us, they should never hear us complain. My goodness. We live in America in 2020. Your social security check is bigger than most of the world's income. What in the world do we have to be to complain about? And you know what? God's been so good to me. Why in the world do I? I just need to worry about me. I don't need to criticize you. You don't need to criticize me. Quit spreading a critical spirit. If we just quit being critical, no one else will get stumbled up. It's sin. The word said it's sin. Aaron said, judge us not, punish us not for the sin we have committed. Being critical. I know this is not what churches like to hear a lot. Because we want to judge everybody else out there. We want to take care of their sin. We'll never be able to take care of, of, of their sin, which has already been forgiven, by the way. I can't leave that out. See, the moment, but no, I'll get that later. When we begin to stop criticizing, and, we, and they know that they can come here, that doesn't mean we excuse everything that the Word says is wrong. This is not about excusing nothing. But this is about me coming to a place where to, I can truly and honestly love them. Whether the needle's still in their arm or not. Whether they're still living in the situation or not. Whether they're still doing the deed or not, but I will love them and I will show them the better way. And when we live this way, you will draw. It is the goodness of God 
that draws people to repentance. We really want people to repent? Then let's show them a good God. Next week, we're going to look at what we're going to replace a criticizing spirit with. Because you can replace, you have to replace it. You can't just take it out and nothing else be there. It's like casting out a devil. It says you cast out a devil, and if, you don't, if he comes back and sees that you've not replaced anything in the house, he comes back and brings seven buddies with him. All right? So we can't just say, I'm not going to be critical anymore. There's something else that we have to do. We'll talk about it next week. Don't forget to give on your way out. Let me pray over you. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. God, you are so amazingly good to me. I have nothing to ever complain about. And God, I know where I've been. I know what you saved me from. I know the change that you made in my life. So Father, if you can do it in me, it gives me no reason to ever be critical of another person. And so I thank you for it. I praise you for it. And I thank you that Harvest Christian Fellowship is making a turn today. And we will see the fruit of our changes. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Are we good? We love you. We appreciate you. Listen for announcements this week coming. Uh, You're blessed. Have a great day, guys.